Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. I'm Hilary Robertson and for this episode I'm joined by composer Peter Boyer. Peter's fourth album features Balance of Power which was commissioned for the Kennedy Centre and this album also includes the spectacular Fanfare for Tomorrow which you can hear now and which was composed for Joe Biden's inauguration and other recordings conducted by the composer and performed by the London Symphony Orchestra. This album was recorded at the Henry Wood Hall here in London and it's particularly interesting because Peter has a long-standing relationship with the LSO going right back to 2001. Peter is one of the most respected modern American composers and he's Grammy nominated. Ellis Island, The Dream of America was Grammy nominated and Boyer's music continues to be recorded and performed alongside other American classic composers, including Copeland, Gershwin, Barber, Bernstein, Ellington and Ives. It's a great honour to interview him and I'm looking forward to our conversation. I hope you enjoy listening in. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Peter? I am well. Your beautiful piano behind you. It looks stunning. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's just a, just a baby grand, but uh, it's been with me for a long time. And actually, the uh, the fun part of the room, the technology part, is the part that I'm looking at. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I, ha I have a nice uh, iMac Pro with a nice 27-inch screen and a big TV on the wall and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, the old-fashioned acoustic piano is behind me, so that's good. Yeah, it's always good to have both. So yeah, yeah, very good. Okay, well, thank you for joining me on Harmonious World. I'm really grateful. The whole point of this podcast is uh, when I, I started it during lockdown, and and the idea was that we all share something of what we're good at, and then it makes the world a little more harmonious mm -hmm. in all senses of the word. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you for joining me. You're, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's a real honor. I mean, you're a you're an incredibly well-respected American contemporary composer. Thank you. So, but you you also have this link, don't you, with the UK? I mean, this is this latest album is recorded with LSO, and that go that's a relationship that goes back twenty years. How did that start? Right. I mean, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. As a matter of fact, um, yeah, this is my fourth album overall, the fourth album of my orchestral music. Um, and it's the second one with the London Symphony Orchestra, the LSO. And indeed, there is a London connection across these four albums, because my very first album um, in 2001, uh, which was called The Music of Peter Boyer, when I was I was only uh, a lad of 31 years old, that also is with the LSO recorded at, at, at Abbey Road. And in between, there have been albums with um, the London Philharmonic Orchestra and the Philharmonia Orchestra. So part of this is simply a reflection of the fact that uh, I am primarily a composer for orchestra and that there is, of course, such a thriving recording scene uh, in London. And, uh, you know, the nature of the business models of these orchestras is such that 
they do a great variety of recording projects. Um, and to do a project like this for me takes several years to be able to have both enough music to justify uh, such a project and also enough resources to make the recording happen. So it had been a number of years um, since the last one. And I thought um, it was actually going to be um, 2021 before the pandemic hit. And that was my plan was that I would go back and, and do this the la this most recent recording 20 years exactly after I had done the first one. But the pandemic sort of shuffled that schedule and it ended up being uh, 21 years later. But quite a number of players who had played on my first recording with the LSO at Abbey Road played on this one. And that was a lovely connection to, to reestablish. Yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, this is based around balance of power. This Yes. So so when did you when was that piece composed? So <clears throat> Balance of Power, uh, a piece that has a kind of unusual story behind it, that was composed throughout 2019, uh, a piece that was commissioned by the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. for the National Symphony Orchestra, and uh, which was commissioned um, in honor of the 95th birthday, which is now a while ago, uh, of Henry Kissinger, the former United States Secretary of State. And it was set to be premiered in Washington um, in May of 2021. And of course, that was rescheduled and, and ended up happening in September of 2021. And we made this recording in January of 2022. So it was quite a new piece and a pretty big piece, a 19-minute piece. So that um, that's the centerpiece of the recording, along with a number of other works from the last few years. Yes, yeah, so as you say, it is a it is a huge piece of work, <laughs> isn't it? A huge piece of music. A lot of a um, lot of notes, a lot of work, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got Fanfare Tomorrow, which is sort of almost the exact opposite. And that was very different as well. So how 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 did you get commissioned to do that for, for Biden? Right. So Fanfare for Tomorrow, a much uh, shorter work at less than three minutes long, um, was commissioned for the inauguration uh, of President Biden in January 2021. And it's... Uh, it's funny, a number of people have commented, they've referred to me as, quote, a bipartisan composer, um, which I think is, a, is an interesting phrase because I never have set out uh, by any means to be a composer who has written pieces about political figures or for you know, occasions of political figures. But that's the way things have worked out in terms of these invitations. Um, and with, with the piece for President Biden's inauguration, it was an interesting and short timeline um, because of all of the chaos and uncertainty around the inauguration uh, of President Biden and um, everything that's going on in Washington with the pandemic and with the situation uh, overall that everyone knows about. There was really not the kind of time that one would have expected to have uh, to be able to write such a piece. So I was actually asked by Colonel Jason Fedick, who is the director of the United States Marine Band, I was asked on January 1st of 2021 to write this fanfare for the inauguration, which was on January 20th. So, and of course one has to, you know, be a little bit ahead of uh, the actual occasion. So I had 10 days to write this fanfare, but at least it was a short piece. Um, and I had worked with the United States Marine Band a couple of years before I'd written a piece called Fanfare Hymn and Finale, which is also on this recording uh, in its orchestral version for the 220th anniversary of the United States Marine Band. So it was a great honor to be invited to compose a piece uh, for a presidential inauguration and a very strange set of circumstances with the, with the pandemic. Uh, and I was not able to attend in person because of that. So uh, in, in a very unusual way to experience a new work, 
I was watching television coverage of the inauguration. And at the moment that uh, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris were arriving at the Capitol in their limos, I heard being played in the background, my brand new fanfare with, with the United States Marine Band on the background of the television coverage. So that's definitely an unusual way to hear one's piece. Um, and now the new version uh, for orchestra is the one, of course, that's on this recording with the LSO. So I got to conduct it myself and to experience it in this orchestral version with the LSO, which was a great thrill. Yes, but I mean, what a great way to hear it for the first time <laughs> with that it's going on. It's very, very, I have to say it was surreal. It really was kind of surreal to to watch these historic events unfolding and hear it. It wasn't, you know, being sort of featured, but I could hear it. And I said, you know, these are my notes that I just finished last week. Um, and that's very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> um, you also, you're, you write for film and TV and things. So uh, I guess being in a LA helps all of that. Yes. And I mean, my my work in the film and TV industry, which is secondary to my work as a concert composer, has been primarily as an orchestrator. So it's interesting in that the role when that role does come along is uh, it's certainly a subsidiary role because I'm actually working for other composers and helping to execute you know, their visions uh, of, of their work. And I will say that the the um, the exercise of going through somebody else's music that has been fleshed out in great detail in terms of, of demos, um, but to actually have to quickly put all of that material down on a score and know that it's going to be played uh, in a recording situation. That's a kind of skill set that definitely helps in terms of, of honing my own classical work. So yes, being in LA is is um, is helpful for that, although we're now in more of a, a virtual world than ever before. And everybody's just... Uh, you know, getting their assignments on Dropbox and uploading stuff to Dropbox and talking to people on Zoom. So I suppose, you know, one can be anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that that's kind of the orchestrator hat um, when I'm doing film work for, you know, terrific composers like James Newton Howard, for example. And that's a that's a smaller part of my work in any given year, uh, frankly, than I would like it to be. There's a lot more classical work. I mean, that's really where the emphasis has been in the last few years. That's where I've gotten a lot more opportunities is uh, being asked to write music for a variety of occasions. What's the oldest piece of music on this scene? Right, so the the the, the oldest piece um, is not all that old. It's from 2014, a piece called Rolling River, Sketches on Shenandoah. Um, but for the most part, the works on the recording are just from the last um, three years, three to three to four years. Um, and so you know, Rolling River was a commission from the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra for the Cincinnati Pops um, that was commissioned to do an orchestral setting of this rather famous uh, anonymous American folk tune from the mid 19th century. Um, and there's another piece also from the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra for the Cincinnati Pops, um, which is in the cause of the free, uh, which was commissioned for Veterans Day and, and commemoration of uh, uh, of what we would call Armistice Day, the signing of the armistice that ended the First World War. And again, a, a relatively short piece, less than seven minutes long for a specific occasion. But for me, actually a very special part of this album. Uh, for one thing, the poem that inspired that setting called um, For the Fallen by Lawrence Binion is actually a British poem, a rather famous one, um, commemorating the loss of British soldiers in the First World War, but it really very appropriate for, I think, all who served in that situation. And I have to say, you know, as an American dealing with this subject matter and having been inspired by a British poem, then to go and get to record it with the LSO and the marvelous 
principal trumpet of the LSO, James Fountain, who played my solo as beautifully as I could ever ask for. That was really a very moving moment. It was a very special part of, uh, of the album. As this episode is coincidentally coming out in the week in which we are remembering the fallen of the First World War especially, I thought now would be a great opportunity to hear some of that. So this is an extract from In the Cause of the Free. The thing I like about this album is that it, although it's it's very very American in the 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 sort of subject matter and the feel of it, there is this real sense of obviously the you know you've got a British orchestra, and as you say the 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 poem for the uh, in the cause of the free is is a British poem, and yes. there is a sense of that that link that special relationship we used to talk about when when it was Reagan and Thatcher you know yes, that special right. relationship between the two countries that really comes across in this album thank you and I, thank you for saying that because I, I feel that very strongly and in fact um in uh, some of the interviews that we did for you know putting together videos about the project uh, this is something that I talked about that uh very important American orchestral composers uh who preceded me who are, in a sense, some of my musical heroes and, and you know, kind of guiding lights, uh, Aaron Copeland and Leonard Bernstein and John Williams, those three in particular, all three of those composers, in fact, went to London um, on different occasions to make important recordings with this very orchestra, with the London Symphony Orchestra. So there has always been, or I should say for, you know, a number of decades, there has been this connection. Um, and so although I, I in no way you know, think of my music as any kind of equal to theirs because their music has inspired me so much, that was something that actually was very much on my mind uh, was this American and London sort of uh, connection. And again, because the, because the British recording scene is so very active um, you know, with not just one or two, but more like four orchestras that are regularly uh, you know, hosting composers from around the world, there have been a number of opportunities to do this, uh, you know, and of course they're legendarily great sight readers um, who can make it sound uh, you know, just astonishingly good from the very first downbeat. Um, so it, it it is a special thing, and it's funny that um, a number of the musicians from the LSO they were kind enough to be interviewed on camera um, for the for this project, and they made comments uh, just like what you've just said um, and about the 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 American quality of it, and it's something that. 
I don't really consciously set out to say, and now I'm about to write an American sounding piece. It just happens. Um, it just happens naturally. I am an American composer and I've spent a lot of my life studying this music of these composers that I admire. And so it kind of comes out with an American flavor. <laughs> and as yeah. you said, when there are commissions, which are about American themed subjects, then inevitably, I think that's that's something that's kind of natural that that happens. And then, yes, I think this special relationship is is there, um, and uh, it's it's really a pleasure to to get to work with such fine musicians who you know they just they clearly love what they do, and I think that comes across um, very clearly in the recording. Yeah, I think so. So we've alluded to lockdown a few times. How was your lockdown? <laughs> Well, uh, I have to say I'm fortunate in that I didn't become ill. None of my family members became ill. Um, and so from a health point of view, I felt very fortunate. Uh, as with everybody else, I had to deal with a, a huge number of cancellations. Um, there were about 50 performances of my work over an 18-month period, which were canceled, including a number of my biggest piece, Ellis Island, The Dream of America, which are, those are big, complicated performances. So for them to be canceled, um, in such quantity was, you know, disheartening. And certainly in the thick of it, like everybody else, I wondered, well, how long is this all going to go on for? I mean, you know, when it gets to be like a year and there's just kind of no end in sight, it's a fairly bleak time. And I thought, well, eventually this has to, this has to end and, or, you know, at least subside. And so uh, things will re return to normal, but there was a period of just really not knowing when that was going to happen. So in a way, lockdown um, helped fuel my desire to make this project happen because although it had to be delayed um, and ultimately when the recording happened in January of, of this year, you know, the one consequence was that, of course, all the string players and percussion players were still masked during the, the sessions. Um, so there was that reality, which you can't hear <laughs> on the recording, but you can see it on the videos uh, from the recording sessions. Um, so it was delayed and we had that aspect to it. But the one piece that I really wrote during the lockdown from start to finish was, was Radiance um, for string orchestra. And it's interesting that many of my composer colleagues were writing, if you will, pandemic pieces in some way, pieces dealing with the, the impact of the pandemic. And that just didn't feel to me like something that I necessarily wanted to do, particularly that a lot of others were doing it. And instead, I wanted to focus on something amorphous that was down the road that was more optimistic and really that's what radiance was it was the only piece on this recording that was composed without a commission so it could be with anything i wanted it to be and i knew that i wanted one piece for just the strings of the lso on this recording um, and i also knew that i had a lot of big loud brassy boisterous music so i wanted something to contrast with that and i wanted something lyrical and beautiful so I wrote Radiance, not knowing how long it was going to be or you know anything about what it would be, uh, except I felt somehow that it was going to be an A major. <laughs> and and I, <laughs> indeed, it was. It turned out to be an A major. But I just focused on this mood, uh, mood of serenity and beauty and looking past the, the darkness of the pandemic. And I'm really happy that I did, because in the end, it took a long time to write that piece. But um, it turned out to be a very special part of the album for me. And I've heard from so many listeners who have really um, somehow been touched by radiance. And so in a way, that's my kind of uh, my sort of odd outcome of the pandemic is this is the piece that I wrote during lockdown and during just being stuck in my studio day after day. Uh, and so hopefully when we have some historical perspective and some distance 
we look back, it'll be a, a nice thing to have composed during that very strange period of our time. Absolutely. And it is a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Hilary. It's a, it's a pleasure. Nice to talk to you. I really enjoyed interviewing Peter and in fact editing that conversation was also a great pleasure. I hope you enjoyed listening in and now you're enjoying Radiance. This is a stunning album of Peter Boyer's orchestral works, it's an especially balance of power. If you can get a hold of it please do because it's well worth a listen. So thank you for joining me. I'd also like to thank uh, my colleagues at Jazz Fuel who've helped support me this month you can find a wish list now on buy me a coffee that enables you to sponsor some of the equipment that i need and i'm going to be adding all sorts of other things on there that i need to help make this a better podcast so if you feel you'd like to make a donation you'll find the links in the show notes thank you for joining me once more on harmonious world that's what matters that we're all together trying to make this world slightly more harmonious
Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. Yeah.